I can get up early. It's not a problem. Yeah. Jesus on Easter Sunday, he had to get up early. But I like to think of my Jesus as like the rest of the time, <laughs> like phasing into the day, like with a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, just Say, sitting hey, with a cup of coffee. This, let's start this slow, bro. <laughs> I'm John Stevens. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Russell, this is Pod Have Mercy. <laughs> First, let's start with this. Hey, if you listen to this podcast and you like this podcast, if you watch this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Like, like the videos when you watch them and share them with people. Yeah. Subscribing makes a difference, right, Jeff? There's some like algorithms that like helps us, right? So if, and the same thing, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever your podcast is, subscribe to it, and like right? It. And that way you'll get a, a notified when a new one comes out and make sure you like it yeah. and then share it with somebody. Yeah. Uh, let somebody new, maybe share it every week, share it with somebody new. And that will help just extend the reach. So if this is something that's meaningful for you and you're enjoying like these conversations that we're having. Yeah. Um, and, got, I, and I think I'm looking ahead at what we're talking about. We're, we're thinking about, man, inviting some really amazing uh, people nationally about all kinds of stuff. We're, we're going to do some things on the United Methodist Church denomination, yeah. but, but I really want to approach those from a hopeful, positive dialogue and not some gloom and doom kind of stuff. And I really don't want to do those anymore that go into this stuff like with Bishop Jones. It's like, well, paragraph 1342 and, and paragraph well, 2548 or 2553. We're not doing that anymore. No one gives a <laughs> This is not going to be the CNN podcast or no. the uh, C-SPAN podcast. No, the C-SPAN. <laughs> <laughs> you turn so, off and fall asleep. So yeah, that, that helps us. And, I, and I really, I mean, I'm really excited about some of the things. And we're, yeah. what, what we're going to do is when we do talk about the denominational stuff, I want to do it from a faith orientation, a theological orientation, and talk about who we are yeah. and why we're United Methodists, why that's important, why it matters, yeah. and also counter some of the, the false narrative yeah. that's out there about yeah. things. Because I think that's a big part of it is yeah. that, you know, when, when we're in these different disagreements, you know, the one power that we have to try to get people to follow us or get on our side is fear. Yeah. And it's, we don't need any more fear no, no, in the no, world. No. I mean, there's too much fear already. Absolutely. So let's, I don't, I want to, I don't, I don't want to, we're not going to do fear based stuff here. <laughs> you know, we're going to, it's going to be a positive slant. We'll be critical from time to time, but we're going to, usually we're when we're think, critical, I'm going to be critical about me yeah, and about and I'll what be critical we about do. You. Yeah, thank I you. Mean, I appreciate wait, it. About me. <laughs> the other thing is we've talked this week in, in Holy Week and, and this past Palm Sunday, uh, mm. I talked about this uh, concept called kenosis, mm -hmm. K-E-N-O-S-I-S. -S. It's right. a Greek word. Yeah. So if it's Greek to you, it's Greek, <laughs> it's to, Greek me. to me. It's Greek to me. It is a Greek word, and it's, um, but it's been around for you know, 2,000 years, and it has a really deep understanding in Christian. Uh, so Philippians 2, uh, Paul, mm -hmm. he, he shares this hymn that the community knew and called the kenosis hymn, and it's you know, what we're going to talk about and uh, today. So we'll sort of unpack that a little bit. But I think it's important to understand what the word means. And it means to emptying, emptying yourself. And it's very closely tied to humility. Yeah. So Paul will link the two together. Yeah. And one of the things that was interesting was a, an article that I shared about how this, uh, this um, monastic uh, guy wrote this article and talked about, hey, you know, we have to declutter a lot of things in our lives. Like Jeff's got all the sugar packets and stuff down here and like it just takes up space. And it's like, you know, you need to, you need to clean things up, right? Because you have to make room for other things, right? right? Yeah. So like I have, you know, I have to empty my trash basket every week because then it fills back up or I have to clean off my desk 
yeah. you know, every once in a while to make room for other things to get on the desk. And I think the same thing is important for us from a spiritual perspective. And I was so appreciative because when I talked about this kenosis hymn and emptying, a guy sent me an email and he said, man, you know, I've really, I'm really trying to get my head wrapped around emptying myself and how do I live like that and giving away my rights and privileges and, and humility. And he said, I had a hard time. So I asked my wife, I was like, what do you think John means? What do you want us to do? And she's the one that sent this article from article. this monk. And That's he's great. like, I wanted to send it to you. And I'm like, man, if you'd send me this you, last week, Saturday? I would have just <laughs> read this short little blog post from uh, this guy and we would have been fine. That's but awesome. it was this great analogy that sometimes you just have to declutter things and you have to do that in your spiritual life. Yeah, You have to make room or else there's nothing yeah. new. Yeah. And he talks about how the womb is such a small little thing and yet it expands, it grows to create more space for life mm. to come. Mm. And I think we have to create space in, in our, yeah. that's what empty yeah. means, that's what kenosis it, is. The only thing I might add to that is that kenosis is a central idea and concept within Christianity in that um, it's the very Jesus that we claim to follow that empties himself. Right, that that empties himself into the world in love, and that's what we are called to do, mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's not, and it's the way of surrender. Another way of of kenosis, another way of emptying is surrendering, of letting go, of saying, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." Yeah, I like that. So, so this is Holy Week, Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. I figure, as as I do the math, I've been in ministry close to thirty years, right at around thirty years. So I'm getting old. I never one time ever got to see my children wake up and see what the Easter bunny left them. Hmm. Yeah. Did you ever? No, never. People don't think about that, you know, preach your life. Yeah. No, it's the, it's the same thing I with get up, Christmas. I get up at dark 30 because yeah, we gone. used to have the sunrise, yeah, the sunrise service, service. Which let me just oh, tell you Lord. is the devil came up with the sunrise service. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I know in... The, uh, I know that it said uh, in the Bible that early on the first day of the week, right? That's when yes. Jesus, that's when they went to the tomb. I get it. I understand. If I have to get up early, like if I have something that I have to do and I have to get up early, I can get up early. It's not a problem. Yeah. Jesus on Easter Sunday, he had to get up early. But I like to think of my Jesus as like the rest of the time, <laughs> like phasing into the day, like with a cup of coffee. <laughs> You know, just Say, sitting hey, in a cup of coffee. This, let's start this slow, bro. <laughs> sitting, it's like, and the fishermen are like, dude, we got to get going early. The fish spider, he goes, oh, hold on, man. Let's hey, do us, this. Ca- us carpenters here. roll a little different. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm a carpenter. I got to think about the day. I got to scope out the plan. You know, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with this extra wood I got. Well, this is why you have associate pastors too, right? <laughs> you know, ever since I've had an associate pastor, guess who gets to do the sunrise service? <laughs> the associate pastor. <laughs> Guess who's preaching after Easter? <clears throat> the associate pastor. <laughs> yeah, the week after Easter is like week the universal. Christi- yeah, the week after Easter and the week after Christmas are the two universal associate pastor preaching Sundays. That's right. Have that that to look forward to. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, he'll do a good job. I, lo- I love preaching. And I love the preaching ten people here. that'll be here will think yeah, we'll that it's the like, best sermon they've ever heard. My wife and everyone else. <laughs> Your wife will be excited. Yeah, she's so excited. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Well, you know, this week though, um, you know, I was really reflecting on uh, for people who may not know a lot about the the rhythm of religious life, especially within Christianity, right. There's, there's really two big 
huge celebration days, Easter and Christmas, right? The birth and the resurrection of Jesus. And around both of those, there's a time or season of preparation before Advent, mm-hmm. before Christmas, and Lent before Easter. But what really is interesting to me is that the week before Easter is always a really big week yeah. in the Christian church. Yes. And so it's interesting to me as I talk to people around who are like, they come to church, know a little about church. Some guy was like, hey, Friday's a holiday this week. We get a long weekend. And I'm golf. like, yeah, you do. You know why? He goes, oh, <laughs> Easter. It's like, well, yeah, Easter's a good Friday. But, but anyway, it's just, this is a really, it's a big week yeah. when you think about the last week of Jesus's life. So Palm Sunday is an interesting thing in the church because it's both a celebration, but it's also a look ahead at a really painful yes. week of Jesus emptying himself, yeah. um, you know, and, and giving himself away to, to, to death, knowing what's going to come. And then, of course, Easter is just up, 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 up. He's alive, you know. Yeah. He is alive. He, he is, is alive. alive. He is alive. Anybody who grew up in MYF 20 years ago knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. This week has a rhythm to it, and it's, it's always a busy week for the church because we— we follow that calendar, and on each one of the days, yeah. there are significant scripture readings about the final week of Jesus, the Passion. We call it the Passion, that historically, not Passion like, hey, I'm really passionate about the Astros this year, but Passion in the sense of his suffering, Yeah, right? This yeah. pathos um, that he's living into as it builds to the final night of his life before he's arrested, mm-hmm. tried, um, beaten, and then nailed to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a heavy week too. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an, it's a, it's. A, I like the word solemnity. It's a solemn. It is. Week. Yeah. That's right. And it's one that, um, in the life of the church, as we walk through, you know, whether it's, um, you know, noon services or evening services all through the week, it's almost, um, it's almost a simulation, a, a, a journey through the path of Jesus together, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I also think it's, oddly enough, it's like one of my favorite times in the life of the church. Because at some point, the church has to be honest <laughs> with what it means to be human. That we, that pain and suffering is at the central part. Um, we don't try to get rid of it, but we understand that somehow God is present amid it. You know, and so there's some amazing things, some key things that have really allowed me still to be Christian because they've happened during Holy Week. Jesus took on some things, said some things during Holy Week that it, I think, okay. Maybe I can still hang in this faith if this is what's central to it. Yeah, it was <clears throat> it was a big fight in the early church to, to figure out how to define Jesus as God and man. And, of course, they came up with some really funky, crazy sort of <laughs> way of, of figuring that out. You know, there's not too many things that can be 100% something and 100% of something else, but that's what they yeah. came down. He's 100%. He's fully divine, fully human. But I think there's an aspect of the humanity of Jesus that shows up um, uh, several times in the the Gospels, one well, like when he turns over the ta- the tables in the temple, he's he's upset about what he sees mm-hmm. that the temple's being used to sell things and take advantage of people. And then I I remember when he was going to the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he sees Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. and he sees how death has power in their lives, you know. And, and it, the scripture says he weeps, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is interesting. And then 
this final week of Jesus's life where he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying, you know, the humanity's on is like full frontal right there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to do this. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He says, Please, Let this if there's up. any <laughs> other way <laughs> and right. yet I will defer to you. Right. Which is a submission and that's the empty. So Palm Sunday, we celebrate, we wave the palms, but we are descending into something. And that's, um, there's a, a passage that is in the lectionary, which is the sort of these prescription readings, and it's from Philippians chapter two, and it's from Paul who's addressing the church in Philippi, and they're dealing with this pettiness and this arguing and this disagreement, which never happens in the church, by the way. <laughs> we never get any of that in the church. And he says, you know, if there's any if there's any encouragement in Christ, any anything, you know, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind have the same love, be in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. And then he quotes this ancient hymn that the church used. It's called the kenosis hymn. The word kenosis in Greek literally means emptying. Mm -hmm right to empty oneself and so the hymn says though he was in the form of god did not regard equality with god as something to be exploited but emptied himself taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness being found in human form humbled himself became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross therefore god also highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven, on earth, under earth, under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That, that hymn, or this whole concept of, of emptying is really interesting to me because on Palm Sunday, we have to help people to understand that all the celebration that's going on, they thought Jesus was gonna come be a liberator and a king, and they right. were gonna put a crown on his head and he was gonna run out the Romans who had occupied the land and he, there was gonna be a new kingdom. And that's exactly what he was coming to do, but not at all what, in the way that they thought. That's right, that's right. And this whole, this whole idea of God emptying himself, I just think is like this, it's absolutely this, it's counterintuitive, right? I think for most of the way that spiritual um, constructs have been imagined in the West particularly have been this ascent, this climb upwards. God is up and out there. Mm-hmm. And we see that in Christ, it's in and down. <laughs> and so the lowest point of humanity, the lowest point of our human existence is the very place that God resides. Then I hear the psalm in the back of my head, where can I go from your presence? Mm. Where can I flee from you? If I make my bed in hell, right? There you are. There you are, oh God. So even, and this is what I've come to know in my own life and through my own process of my own brokenness is that even hell because Jesus has descended into that place is not a God forsaken place and so our faith is not about an ascent up and out but it really is a pathward down and that's the place where we ultimately find God <laughs> and are transformed yeah I, and I, I think that people who really have been turned off by organized religion or, or Christianity in America or Christianity anywhere for that is because we, we haven't, we're, we're rediscovering, or at least I'm discovering or rediscovering or maybe discovering for the first time that a lot of the things that we've been teaching in the church or assuming has really been 
it's biblical and it's aligned and it's close, but there's a lot of just been yeah. cultural stuff that is shaped and, yeah. and, and sort of tailored how it is that we understand it. So like, for example, people look in, at the church and they think about, you know, it's just a place of judgment. It's a place that excludes mm-hmm. people. It's a hypocritical place. Um, and, and then you hear these prosperity gospel stuff. Like the guy gets on and goes, you know, if I can't raise $40 million for my jet, uh, then, you know, God's going to take me home. <laughs> I think I'd show up to that guy's house with a <laughs> casket. <laughs> I mean, God's going to take me All up right. to heaven if I can't get the 40, you know, $40 million for my new jet. Guy's already got like three or four jets. That's nuts. And he's 40 million or like, you know, but he needs it to do his ministry to be effective. <laughs> Because I guess United or Delta doesn't fly to wherever he needs to go. I I think coupled with kenosis and emptying is this movement towards solidarity. You can't go down and not be in solidarity with other people that have are on that path. Right. And so part of it is not just so Jesus went down so we don't have to. You know, right. He went to the lowest point. So now you get you don't have to go there. I think it's more that this is what it is. He's unmasking and revealing what life is, is that we will go to the deepest points of our own humanity sometime and that even there God is there and what I've what we find in Christianity is not only is God there but there's a community of people that we're to be bound with community of people that we're to make our life with a community of people that then God uh, animates and says um, this is the kingdom and now let's let's uh, move into the world in love yeah I think a lot of people who have moved away from the church or turned off by church they don't see it as an authentic place, an authentic mm. community, no. because they're intersecting in the world, like most pe- normal people are intersecting in the world where there's pain and there's hurt. There's a freaking war in Ukraine. Right. You have four million refugees, people yeah. being forced out of their homes, their homes being destroyed. And this is not the first time this has happened. You had it happen in Syria. You've had it happen in yeah. other places and other countries. Yes. There's disagreements around politics, disagreements and deep divides over race in our country, just all these sorts of things. There's things about how we look at people who are different than us, especially around, you know, the border issues, you know, yes, it's, I mean, to me, the border is like a national security issue on the one hand, but there's a lot of racial like connotations that get woven into that, you know, about, about things that are way more than security of a border. Mm. And I think it's a complex issue. Absolutely. Which is why I'm not going to solve it right now on this particular podcast. Thank I'll you. wait. We'll do that in another episode. But I, I don't. I, I think people look at the church from the outside and they're like, "Y'all are just pretending like, you know, everything's good as long as you got going what you need going, and the people that look like you and think like you and agree with you, yeah. y'all can go sit in that little place and yeah. do what you want to do and ignore the rest of the world." And I think people are like, "Why would? Why do I want to be a part of something like that?" Right. Because at the heart of our faith is this process of letting go and surrendering, right? And so a lot of times the way we've conceived, I think we've conceived spirituality in the West has been really, how do I bypass? So we've used it as a spiritual bypass. And how do I hold on to power? How to hold on to my stuff? How to hold on to my way of life? And Jesus comes and says, well, if you love your life, you'll lose it. And so I was always pointing to this way of letting go as a way of being ultimately free and liberated and and to become the person that we were designed to be. But that doesn't happen unless we follow Jesus on this path of kenosis. So in the same passage, Paul says something that 
So we, so I'll just, do, I was in a, a meeting last week, a denominational meeting. You know, our, our listener, our listener context goes way down whenever we talk about the denominational stuff. Sorry. It's like, a, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's all like dip. It's like Jeremy Steele was talking about, oh, you said the word Bible. There people checked out. <laughs> but we were in this thing. And what happens in anything where you have disagreements and, you know, the churches have these disagreements over what the future looks like and will it split and all this sort of stuff. But you, you feel like, well, we have to defend, right. you know, our side, right? right? Both sides have to defend their side. And we have to fight. Yeah. If we don't fight... fight. We're then, gonna lose. Then we lose. <laughs> what are you gonna lose? And I mean, I, and I and I include myself. I'm yeah. front of the line in this room, advocating, you know, debating, fighting, whatever you, whatever yeah. term you want to use to sort of hold what I feel, you know, what I believe are, are like sane, right things. And I know that my friends on the other side are doing the same thing for them. That's the sane, right, right things. And they're holding the line. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that. I think I there's too. integrity with the people that I know that I've been engaged Absolutely. with on both sides of Absolutely. this. But what happens is I read this passage from Paul about emptying ourselves. I think about Holy Week. I think about what Jesus is modeling for us. And he says, do nothing. Listen to this in verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Now I can take that out and say, you know what? I regard everyone I disagree with as better than myself. I can say it, but now if you hook me up to a freaking lie detector, <laughs> I mean, and, and if you're honest, everybody, it doesn't matter which side you're on. You can all, oh, I, yes, I am not, this is not about selfish ambition. It's not about the money. It's not about protecting and making it easier for my side to move through this process. That's a bunch of bull-oney. Bull-oney. <laughs> we, like we got a word for Thank that you. in South Georgia. It's bull <laughs> Yeah, loney. There's a different ending there. But... I, you know, I, I, I think that's, this is a, an important part of wrestling with this yeah. this week. And when I think about all the things that are going on in the world that we are divided over, we've talked about this before. Christianity, it's almost like we sold out holiness and excellence and following the way to like, how can we win, maintain power and effectiveness? Because we've got to have the right politicians in office yeah. to protect Christianity. <clears throat> we've got to have the right judges in the seat to protect Christianity, to protect right, our right. faith. And I'm thinking, man, that's now, now we're dancing a dance with power. Yeah. The scriptures say we have to submit to the authorities that we're under. It doesn't say that we have to get in bed with the authorities. And the faith starts getting co-opted. And, and where yeah. is the, where is the emptying the, right. I mean, the, the, the humility, the love for people then who are on the opposite side with you. That's right. Because if you're going out to win, you're going to start looking at the other as the enemy. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's what, uh, I think that's the the conundrum that we're in right now is that because we have wed Christianity to power and not to love, then uh, we have these forms of dialogue, both socially and denominationally, that are ripping things apart, right? Where love wants to open up and bind and say, we're not going to walk away from the table. Um, those things that have to be won <clears throat> always have winners and losers. And um I think Jesus was caught in that same, I mean, I think Jesus shows up and shows us who God is ultimately, that God is not a sky God out there that we ascend to, but is in uh, our everyday life that we descend to is often found in the places where we least expect God, but most need God. 
And I think that that's the pathway that the church in some ways has to reclaim in solidarity with the world, with people in pain, with people that are broken, for folks to give a damn anymore about the church, right? Because from the outside looking in and even from the inside looking out, we're more concerned with our own reputation, you know, defending the reputation who the scripture said had no reputation. Yeah. Well, and, that's, <laughs> and I'm not saying there's right, not right and wrong. I'm just saying that the way of love is different than the way that we've constructed Well, and one it. of the ways is a higher calling for us is that I'm a pastor. I'm a United Methodist pastor of a church, of a, of a large congregation. And, you know, for a long time, I was very defensive about defending the church, organized religion. I'm kind of over that now. Yeah. And it's really interesting to sit in the seat that I do and say, how can you, I'm not, I mean, there's a, per there's a role, there's a purpose, but I mean, I've seen the failings that we have helped be a part of. Yeah. And so, man, can we just have churches now that say, hey, you know what, what got us to this place um, are now things we need to think differently yeah. about. You're helping to midwife what's, what is emerging and what the spirit is emerging in this context and in this city, not trying to hold on to a past that um, has already receded back into um, um, the dirt. We're not going back to the 50s. We don't have a time machine. I have to get my hair cut, dude. You'd have to get your haircut. <laughs> You'd have to get one of those high and tight. I mean, like, can you it, see me? I may just do that shock you guys sometimes. High, high and tight, tight it. That would be wild. That would be wild. I'd look like Opie. You'd be like the opposite. Opie. You have a red face, but you'd have a white neck. I'd have, 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 have a, a white neck. neck. <laughs> oh, that's true. You'd be like Samson. <laughs> I wouldn't be. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do CrossFit anymore. Uh, but I wonder if the going back is uh, um, is going back to a place where we think we could be more secure. And going forward doesn't mean kind of progressiveness. It means faithfulness. And so we walk in the way of love because that's the and faith, which is a, just another word for risk. We don't know the outcome, but we're going to follow Jesus and love people where they are and open ourselves up to be broken because that's the only way to live at the end of the day. And so we can't go back because back is towards security and towards control and forward, whatever that means, means that we want to be faithful. And, and faithfulness always involves risk and it always involves not knowing, it always involves more mystery than it does security. The thing about Jesus in the final week of, of his life is, and I think it's the whole ministry, I mean, mm -hmm. Jesus was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It's like That's he right. never operates yeah. out of selfish ambition. Yeah. Paul talks about the selfish ambition. Yeah. And whenever you put people with selfish ambition and you throw them into the same area, it's like tossing a lit match onto you know a, a pile of wood that you've doused with gasoline. <laughs> and what happens is like even when churches now or go like the denominations, whether it's been Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Methodists, whatever, they go into the room to try to negotiate a, an amicable separation. That's the big word, amicable separation. That is such a, that's like army intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, amicable separation. Yeah. I, I, I like when people, you know, when people get divorced and they said, you know, it's been really, but it's been amicable. Yeah. It's still horrible. Yeah. And I don't, I think we've, we gotta, we've redefined amicable. It's really not amicable. 
And that's the, uh, the thing is like, when you go in, when you live life, you have to be willing to start and admit, I have selfish ambition. Absolutely. Yeah. I have selfish ambition. Because I have selfish ambition in this process of a denominational split. I have selfish ambition in what I'm trying to do to lead this church. I have so yes. and Paul says do, do nothing from selfish ambition. So, Matt Russell in all your wisdom, fix me. How do I how how can I I mean this is the this is the beautiful thing that we're yeah. called to is yes. to become yes. more like Jesus does right. where he descends into this towards his death and he gives it up and it's almost like we are so afraid to lose. Yes. Yeah. And the victory comes yes. Yes. in losing. And surrender and losing and letting go. Yes. Yes. That makes no sense to <laughs> an American sensibility it's not rooted in politics and power. And because th this type of Christianity, which is Christianity, which is the Bible, which yes. is modeled of Jesus, is saying, okay, you know what? I My side may lose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not afraid of that. No. I mean, so what I'm trying to figure out now is like, I still have to be faithful representative, but if I lose, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. But because what is what gets lost in that is that I say I like it's mine. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it was sometimes. Uh, I mean, we, when we think about our constructed identities, it's about what I possess and about what I think is mine, and about my future, and about my rights. And then Jesus go, comes along and shows us the way of surrender, of letting those things go, of surrendering to God. And it's at that place of surrender where the very Spirit of God can do something that cannot be done if I've defended myself against everything else. And so this way of kenosis and solidarity in the downward movement, I, I, I learned this in, in recovery, did not learn this in the church. I learned this in recovery in a, in a cellular way that it's only through the path of surrendering the very thing that I cannot surrender, which is my desire for my own self-preservation, right? All addiction is just about self-preservation. How do I defend myself against all the things that I don't want to feel or the things I don't want to move towards? And once you surrender that and you give all that up, you realize that on the other side of that is a different life. The life you always wanted, but you could not construct through your own egoed identity. And so mostly what gets played out in American Western Christianity are smaller ego projects that are masquerading around with a bunch of spiritual language that we shellack a bunch of Jesus on top of, and we call it spiritual. It's just small little ego identities that are trying to rule the day. Jesus comes along and says, let it all go. Let it all fall. Let's go down so that we might, um, you might, you might get broken open. And it's there, God does something. Yeah, that's a good word. I think <clears throat> too many people have experienced selfish ambition and conceit mm. within the body of Christ. Yeah. And so, you know, and to be fair, we are not a perfect place. The body of Christ, the church is not perfect, never has been, and probably won't be until, you know, the end of all things. But, but we're, st and we're still moving on. But what I think is frustrating and I think is harmful to people is when we just say, well, you know what? It's just the way it is. Can't do anything about it. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's kind of sad that uh, the selfish ambition is running things, but hey, you know, what can you do? Well, and it's like, it's, it's like we get to the point where we're okay with that, but we're not okay with all the things that we're actually fighting to right. keep out of the church. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's a work in progress too, by the way. That's right. 
but right. but my work in progress um you know we can look the other way my work in progress yeah. Well, did, I also think that people don't want the church to be perfect. They want they want folks in com, in spiritual communities to be vulnerable, to be um, honest about their own struggles, to be open to other people's struggles, mm-hmm. and to have a. I mean, I think the closer we say we are to God, the more capacity for mystery we should have. But what we've done in American Christianity is the closer we get to God, the more certainty we have. And we own God, and it's my God. And then we set up all these barriers to say, you tell me what you believe, and I'll tell you if you belong. Hmm. Where Jesus flips all that and just says, come follow me. Come and see. It's not till three years into his ministry that he you know, pops the Bill Bright Campus Crusade question. You know, And yeah. so it's, it's a belonging system. And, and if we believe that the spirit of the living God holds this thing all together, um, I don't need to police it and tell who's in and who's out. I may need to ask questions around um, what it means to be human together, right? We decide that. It's not just a free-for-all. I think that the scripture and, and our faith and, and what it means to be human uh, predicate some things. Um, I, I just, I mean, I, th- I guess this week, if, of any week, if we're going to look at that's right, Jesus... Uh, being arrested, falsely accused, yeah. condemned, beaten. I mean, if you ever go, you know, the, the what's yeah. the, the Passion of Christ or mm-hmm. the, the movie? I mean, it's just yeah. really hard to watch. Yes. And you think about Jesus carrying the cross. If you've ever been to Jerusalem and walking the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering, and you stop at each station, and each station is one of the parts of the story mm. where someone, you know, helped him up or carried the cross for him for a while and right. and then he saw the, the the women he you know weeping or whatever all these different parts of the story of that long walk to Golgotha and that whole servanthood emptying himself hmm. could have stopped it all he had enough people supporting him and everything else but he never stood up he never chose yeah. the path of power and control and winning and effectiveness, uh, which is what it seems that we tend to really leverage or try to leverage as Christians. And I I keep saying American Christianity, Christianity America, Mm. because that's where I live and that's where I see it. And I don't wanna condemn (laughs) churches or Christians, not that I'm condemning, but it's not for me to to look at what's going on in another part of the world when I don't really know what's going on there. The dynamics are different. I just know here that the way of Jesus is humility. And it is uh, is not a simple pattern for getting what we want to have happen. Right. And I'm really wrestling with this and I'm trying to figure out how it is that I can really journey through this Holy Week and into Easter and, and follow, learn to give my life more and to follow this way of Jesus, this way of humility that involves emptying ourselves of whatever we feel our rights and privileges yes. are yes. in order that we might yeah. join in the work of God that God is doing in, in the, the world. world. Amen, amen, amen. And the, 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 what we're going to be asked to do on Friday um, is to look at the crucified God. And to not turn away from that. And then to ask, what does that mean for us? That that's who we identify with. What does that mean that, that this um, 
godforsaken place has been taken up by a God who will never leave us or forsake us. But we don't know that because of God's power. We know that because of God's kenosis. And that's where the, the power of God is. Mm. Right? I think that what we have done is we have said that power is known as like control or absolute power from the outside. But when I look on the cross on Friday, I see it, the only power God has is love. That's it. And if I am if I'm consumed with trying to secure my life, which I am. We all are. My, my, my ego doesn't want to let go of stuff. I still want, I'm still afraid, right? But when I look at the cross, I can see that there's another way. God, help me get there because I can't get there myself. But yeah. I want that, you know? I want to move in that way. The last thing I'll say <clears throat> is I think also we have not done a good job I'm really criticizing like the church. You you're just doing a you're just in the your fourth step of the church right now. Right? This is just a the AA version of what's making just, a moral we're inventory. We're just gonna do an inventory of, of, of you know. Oh. And I, I say this because I mean I've been a part of this. I, I think and again I think this is an American Christianity thing, American church thing. Is man we we all are we're all about being resurrected people. We're all about Easter Sunday. We're all about the empty cross. I mean, we wear, you know, Protestants, I mean, especially, you know, evangelical Christianity mm -hmm. in America, we're about the victory, about the prosperity, we're about the blessing, we're about, it should be the way we want it to be. This country should be the way we want it to be. And so we ride that all the way and we just, we are the Easter people, we're the resurrected people. We don't take defeat, we don't take no. And for 2000 years, what we've forgotten is that when when scripture talks about, when the gospel of John talks about the, glorif the glory of Jesus, the glorification, yeah. it's not Easter Sunday in a vacuum. No. It is always the suffering, the death, the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. The suffering, the death, the resurrection. And I shared on Sunday, it's That's like right. Protestants, we have an empty cross. We have crosses with no Jesus hanging on it because we're the victory people, right? <laughs> we're the winners. We're winners in here, son. He, he flew off that thing. No, you can't talk to them like that. They're, my boys are winners. They're the winners. We're and, the Ricky Bobby church. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally being serious and funny at the same time, but I, I mean, it, that's the mentality of Protestantism and especially American Protestantism. Yeah. The work, Protestant work ethic, you, know, you work yeah. hard, you take care of yourself, you do yeah. the right thing, son, you pull your, yeah. you pull your boots on, up and God's gonna bless you and you're gonna be fine, you have to worry. That's not, that's not the, the magic equation. Yeah. We forget in, in, in the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church, the crucifix has Jesus hanging, yeah. dying on their crosses. Yes. In their churches. Yeah on their desks, yes. around their necks, yeah. right? Yeah. And we Protestants were like, eh, that's kind of icky, man. Why are you wearing a dead Jesus? You can't sell that. <laughs> but we forget they have to be held together. Yes. And we, we, if you don't, yes. if you can't do that, you can never really fully experience any kind of resurrection in your life because there is no resurrection unless there is death. Yeah, that's right. And here's the other thing. For most of the world, most of the people I know live in Thursday, Friday, Saturday of Holy Week. 
most of folks do. Most of the folks that probably are listening to this have kids that they that have run off the rails or have marriages that are not satisfying or the loss of job or addiction or what most of us get up every morning and just wonder, can I make it? Right? Most of us live from Thursday to Saturday. And the church has to reclaim that, not as something you get through, but as a place that God is um, present in and will transform, right? When we skip over that, we skip over God. When we go right to the resurrection, we create a type of spiritual malpractice where we offer things to the world that actually don't exist, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if we could reclaim the fact that most of us for the world live in holy Friday, Saturday, and uh, Holy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, we we forgot what the what's it the ancient ancient uh, in the church is called the tradium, mm. those three yeah, days, yeah, right? Yeah. We don't we don't yeah. celebrate it that way anymore. So we'll Protestant churches will do maybe Monday Thursday. We might do a Passover Seder type <laughs> dinner and tell people what the lamb bones for and what the eggs for, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. And then you know Good Friday we have a concert. Or we'll have a we strip the church, and what we don't, what we forgot is that in the in the in the rhythm of the church for two thousand years is that Monday Thursday has a, a place. It's it's the night you remember that Last Supper of Jesus, where mm-hmm. He gives the commandment. That's what the word Monday Thursday reading is mandatum. It's the commandment, right? And this this is my commandment that I give to you, which is love, love, one love another. one another as I've loved you. And then He washes their feet. Yeah, as a symbol of humility, of emptiness. Mm-hmm. Peter's rejected. I don't want you to wash my feet, wash my whole body. He's like, no, if you don't let me do this. You, right. He says, he says, if you don't let me do this, you can't have a part with me. You can't be a part of what I'm doing. And what he means is like, man, you're just not gonna get it. If you don't let me do this, you're never gonna figure this out. Yeah. You're never gonna get there. Yeah. And then on Good Friday, I mean, that's the death. That's the crucifixion yeah. you know, that we, we remember that the scourging and the and the pain and the misery and there's a sense of of like the the Thursday you know it's coming you're leading into it, it and it's that one last emptying of himself to model what this is all about that he's doing this he's giving himself up then there's the the actual pain and suffering of Friday mm-hmm. so you're talking about which day do we live in we live in Thursday Friday Saturday yeah. Friday is the pain Friday is the mm-hmm. suffering Friday is when you know just life is assaulting you and you just don't know when it's going to stop yeah That's and right. then there's saturday yeah saturday silent mm. and and saturday is when we have the easter egg hunt <laughs> right 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 because we can't stand that much man i don't know no 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 i can't have a whole day say we just did like the crucifixion stuff man can we get can we to move on no but my point is it's like holy saturday has this 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 whole historical understanding of you sit in silence you don't know yeah you just lost everything and you yeah. don't know you're waiting for resurrection, but you don't know. You're waiting for something that you cannot control, that the outside of you has to mandate, has to come towards you. Grace always moves towards us, right? Yeah, it's like that welcoming prayer. You yeah. just have to sit in the yes. feeling of the emptiness in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And that's not a good, we don't like that either. It's like, it's, we have to fill the space, Yeah. right? That's right. I gotta, I gotta get through this, man. I can't just sit here and t- deal with this. This is just too heavy. Right. But like you said, this is how, this is the cycle of life. Yeah. And I think the most important thing we can say to people is that, and during Holy Week, 
And, and I think during the rhythm of your life is when you think about faith, don't just, you know, totally spend all your time on Easter Sunday because that's not where life is lived. Hmm. Easter yeah. Sunday is a reality. Absolutely. And there, Easter Sunday is the hope. That, absolutely. That's absolutely. the hope that gets us through the other three that's, days. That's but right. it's no coincidence that one day is the day of victory and there's, you know, the couple of days before it. Suck. Proportionately in life, yeah. there's a lot more of life that's going to be a pain and struggle yeah. than a victory. Yeah, that's right. And maybe that's the hope of the way we move forward as a, um, as a faith, as a communal faith um, writ large, is that we hold these things together. That we understand that people walk in to um, to churches, and we walk into people's lives that are holding on barely uh, out of a holy Saturday. No matter what their Facebook page looks like, no matter what the the the, the clothes they have on their backs look like, that they're 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 trying to hang on, and that we're always attempting to um, uh, to express the godness in it all. That God will not forsake us. God will come and turn our morning to dancing. I mean, I'm Texas Hold'em on that. That's a good word to end on. So I guess Sunday morning when Easter comes, well, I don't have, my girls are not at the house anymore, but um, hmm. you should stay, you should stay and watch your kids get the Easter bunny basket. Yeah, that, we've kind of moved, well, I guess we do still do baskets, but, but that's, what do you mean? Uh, we, we, no, this, I'm talking about the Easter bunny. <laughs> What do you mean we? If he comes out of the tomb, I think we get three more weeks of a uh, <laughs> of, uh, of spring. <laughs> the Easter buddy comes out. <laughs> You're such a heretic. I'm John Stevens, and I'm Matt Russell, and this is Pot Have Mercy. Hello, neighbor, how are you? Really wanna shower you with love. Hello, neighbor, how are you? Really wanna challenge you? to love.